0: hey there welcome to the real guy podcast today i got Stephen busaka with me and um kind of exciting week because Stephen um actually got his first trip out on the flats site fishing for bonefish this week so he's got a lot to say he's fired up he's like a kid with a new toy <laughs> and um really nice to see um, also we're going to talk about uh captains for clean waters and um The reason we're going to talk about them is because that's pretty much all we got. And I'll explain that in a little bit. But um, I wanted to give you guys a special thanks um, for the big contribution to the July 4th celebration with the Jaws podcast. I think we ended up doing half a dozen podcasts about Jaws. Plus a two hour and four minutes where you got to watch the uh, episode or watch the movie, I should say, and listen to the podcast at the same time. Uh, Major success. Major hit. And, um, just remember when you think of the 4th of July, yes, it's independence day and it's a big bicentennial celebration, but it's also when jaws went down. So every 4th of July, that was a big deal. And the podcasts were great. And I just want to thank everybody for participating. Um, Steven, thanks for
1: coming in today. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a little while. So what happened this week? You got to go out fishing with Carl Ball? Dude let me tell you first of all that was that was my first time on the flats and it was also my first time doing um an actual fishing charter and i gotta tell you i don't think i could have picked a better person to pop my fishing charter cherry than carl ball so So you were
0: you were happy with carl
1: dude when i tell you that we laughed on this freaking trip i mean that alone was worth it right there But the other thing, too, that I don't think people ever, and I didn't really even take this into consideration myself, is how much you could learn from this guy. Duh. I mean, but no, like, not just in regards to fishing the flats and bone fishing stuff. Like, this guy, he's watching, he's watching me, you know, as I cast. And he goes, he goes, you're casting wrong. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? He goes, look at how you're casting. You're letting go with your right hand. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, that was just kind of how I was taught. It's how I've always done it. And he's like, no, 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 no. He goes, you cast like that. He goes, you'll never be in the top 10% club. And I go, top 10%. I said, like, what's that? He goes, you don't know about the top 10% club? <laughs> and I said, no. I said, tell me about this. He goes, he goes, out of all the people that fish and claim to know how to fish, right. he said, there's only a certain amount of people that make it into this top 10% club. He said, and that's, that goes with form. He goes, you got to know how to cast properly.
0: So in order to be in the top 10%, it's a casting thing?
1: That's part of it, he said. Okay. And then he started to get into the rest of it, and then we started getting into some fish. And then- so that's why I'm going to book another trip with him to find out the next part for the top 10%. But
0: So you want to be a top 10 percenter with Carl Ball? I
1: do. <laughs> I don't that's play that's a big deal for me. But no, I got to tell you, when he taught me how to cast, it was incredible. All of a sudden, because at first, you know, you're, you're really thinking about it, and you're like, all right. You know, it doesn't really feel natural, but after doing it a couple times... It's like I've been doing it my whole life, and he and he's watching me too. And he goes, he goes, see now you're doing it right. See
0: now that's see that's that's a sign of intelligence. You're taking advice from a master of the game instead of taking advice from loser at the pier or at the, the ramp. ramp or something. <laughs> we actually, when you're with the guy that's you know worth 150 bucks an hour or whatever he is,
1: pretty good idea. You might want to listen to him. But that's the key is. If he's telling you how to do something, he's not doing it for his health. He's not doing it for him to catch a fish. No, he's doing it for you. Right. And if he's been kind enough to at least say that, the least you could do is listen to him. Carl's a real guy. He is. You know, so that that right there was worth it. But, you know, we started out in the channel, caught tons of freaking mutton snappers and sand perches. And then my buddy James, he finally hooked up on the bone. Right. Nice bone. I want to say maybe like three pounds. You know, about three, four pound bone. So that was cool right there. And I was just like, man, I really wanted the bone. So long story short, I said to Carl, I said, you know, I really want to actually pull the flats. I said, because that's what you've been telling me about. Lamont's been telling me about. That's the way to do bonefish. But
0: it was raining like crazy, you know?
1: Oh, dude, I I freaking I told you it rained so hard to a point where (laughs) Carl was probably about four feet away from me. And all of a sudden I could barely see him. I had to scream out to him to make sure he was still there.
0: (laughs) You know, poor Carl. Carl. If you guys don't know who we're talking about, Carl Ball, AWOL Charters, um, he's the go-to or one of the go-to guys in Biscayne Bay. I think consecutively he has more slams for a guide down there in Biscayne Bay, at least in the last couple decades, than I can ever remember. And um, so we refer to Carl, Carl, that's Carball Ball, AWOL Fishing Charters. Uh, he's got a Hell's Bay, and he takes people for bonefish, tarpon, permit. Um, but he's a sight fisherman, and Stephen's never really seen the flats that way. No. And poor Carl's got a day where it's probably rained three inches. You know that's like the hardest situation to be in if you're a, if you're a skiff guide yeah. for sightseeing. You know, like the, the sun sight, wasn't even out. Right, you're supposed to be sight casting, and it's raining like crazy, and poor Carl's <laughs> trying to put you on a bonefish. But you, 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 you dude, that's pretty good. Yo, know, you got one.
1: Well, no, I didn't get a bone. So what happened? Well, your was buddy got him. He got the bone, and then we went out to the flats, and we're pulling around, and we saw one bone on the flats. But the problem was, is because again, it had just rained, the sun wasn't out, so we couldn't really see. Well, we saw it as it was coming at the boat, and by the time we saw it, it saw, it saw us and bolted. Well, you do know that Biscayne
0: Bay bonefish is like the hardest one to get. I know. So like, you that's know,
1: like that's like the Super Bowl of bone fishing, right? So over there. So
0: put yourself like on a pretty high level,
1: yeah, and then go out there and um, and try to make it happen. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's good though. You know, I was telling Lamont. I said uh, when you called me after the trip, you can't do that because they can Sorry. hear you. <laughs> Friggin', he's playing with the uh, bubble wrap. <laughs> he's gonna start popping the bubble wrap <laughs> while we're doing the <laughs> doing the podcast. But anyway, I was telling Lamont. I was like, um, Busaka called me um, after his bonefish trip. And I says, you know, it was a tough trip because of the weather and everything, but you should have heard the kid, you know, talk about what he could see on the flats and making a cast to a shark and his buddy caught a bonefish and how cool Carl was. And it got me excited because how old are you now?
1: 26. I'll be 27 in August.
0: So at 26 years old, you know, and if I was to go with a guide, I would feel like that. And I'd be so excited and I was telling Lamont I'm jealous because now I'm like 51 <laughs> and I've done so much fishing that I couldn't get that amped up about it or that, you know, excited about it. I mean, I can get, I can get the intensity of out to go and do it. There's not much else I'd rather do, but that first time excitement level is so fresh and so good. And I, I was telling them, on, I said, it's like, I'll never feel that again. Well, Busaka was going through this week. I've done it, I did it, and I would pay big bucks Dude. to be able to feel like that again.
1: It was worth it though, and I tell you, you know, it finally got to a point where I told you, all of a sudden, Carl goes, what's that? And I'm like, where? He goes, right there. He goes, I think that's a shark. And all of a sudden I look, and I just see just a blob. He goes, cast out to it. And I did my best based on what, because again, he's the guide, Listen to him, based on everything he taught me, put it to where I kind of made a judgment call and he goes perfect. Now hearing that from him was like the best thing ever hearing him tell me that I did perfect on a sight cast. And Carl, I told you, he's got it like down to a science. I mean, he's like, okay, reel it just a little bit. Now let it sit. All right, get ready. He's going for it. And sure enough, boom, that thing took off. And it was actually a nice freaking about almost a three foot bonnet head. And that and I'd never even caught a shark before. And the fact that I got to sight cast one, that was the coolest freaking thing for me. Fun, right? Dude, it was a I I said to Carl even before that. I said to him about halfway through the trip, even while we were standing there getting drenched, I said, "Carl, I just want you to know, I'm coming back out here with you despite this. I said I will pay again to come out with you."
0: Good. 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 No, so, that's and yeah, you know, that's there's only so much there's only so much a guide can do. And um The main thing was, is, you know, he made the best out of a tough day. We all did. Right. You had a great time. Blast. You know, and you want to do it again. Hell yeah. So obviously, um, Carl did something right, right? He did. You know, Carl's, um, Carl's an advocate and a member of Captain for Clean Waters. He is. Yeah. And you do know that Captains for Clean Waters is pretty much all we got.
1: Yeah. They're the only ones that are actually doing it, not because they want money or they're trying to sell something.
0: No, dude, I mean, it's all we got. Yeah. It's not a gover- government agency. All these government agencies that say that, um, you know, they're going to help clean up the water. They're there for conservation. They're there for the environment. That's all a lie. That's all a lie. I mean, I've seen these bureaucracies grow in the last 20, 30 years, 30, 40 years. Every year they get bigger. Every year they take more money. And every year shit gets worse. On the water, yep. And there's some small victories out there where certain fisheries have made certain rebounds or whatever. But that's only because the fisheries got devastated so bad that now you can catch something there again, and that's supposedly a success story. You know what I mean? It's true. And what I mean by captains for clean waters is really all we got. It's all we got. The CCA, I'm a member, and I. Pull, I am too. I pull for them. I want them to do good or whatever, but the CCA has been around a long time and, and since they've been around, fishing has gotten worse. The environment has gotten worse. Anglers rights have been taken and all the shit that they're supposedly fight for. They're not winning. Put it that way. Also, uh, the billfish foundation, all these different organizations, and it's funny because all these different organizations and, and companies and so on and so forth, they're all about cleaning up the environment. They're all about fish conservation and everything. And then they want to sell you something. Captains for Clean Waters has nothing to sell you. Those are real guys. Those are some, guides. Yeah. Some of them are like, you know, Guides. Some of them are part-time guides. Some of them are just in, you know, flats enthusiasts and love Everglades National Park. But they're fishermen. They're not part of a bureaucracy. They're not part of some company that's trying to make money. You know what I mean? They're fishermen like you and I. The challenge, I think, that Captain for Clean Waters are going to really have is just the amount of time and energy um, that the process takes. Like, I mean, those poor dudes are dealing with governors and senators and
1: the worst people you could imagine, going to, right.
0: <laughs> going to court and trying to get things passed. And, you know, it's just a long, drawn out process. You know what I mean? Yep. But I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, you know, and the one funny thing about podcasts, like I feel fortunate, fairly fortunate with our podcast because I got guys like you I got Lamont, I got Norm Beckoff, I got guys that are regular dudes that come in here and talk. And then, of course, we have special guests also, but we have a nice mix. A lot of the podcasts um, I've been listening to, you know, they're real guest-oriented. And they have these guests on, and they're good dudes or whatever, you know what I mean? And they want to, well, they want to talk to you like they are right there by your side. Like, they're into conservation. They're into making tackle better. They're in for everything, is, they're in for you. I mean, they really make it sound good right before they ask you to buy something. And it just drives me freaking crazy because there's so many of them. And I've seen them my whole life since I was a kid. I watched it. I've been in the boating industry and the fishing industry since I can remember. And everybody that starts off in some business. You know, they get involved in tournaments, they get all around anglers, they get right in their hip pocket and they start telling them how great, you know, fishing is and how they're advocates of it and all the shit that they're going to do. They're even going to take money from their company and going to give 10% back to the whatever bureaucracy or whatever organization that they think is going to save the ocean right before they ask you to buy
1: something.
0: <laughs> and it all goes back to, you know, their Just product. Just a
1: small down payment.
0: Well, dude, you know, it could be a fishing reel, fishing line, a boat, an engine, whatever. They're all your best friends right before they ask you to buy something. They're all exactly like you. They all have everything in common with you right before they ask you to buy something. Yep. Now, being around this industry all this time, I would have to say that 99% of the people that were there by your side As an advocate for your environment, for your fishing, (coughs) for your hunting and all that. Well, they're not here anymore. At least they're not making money doing it anymore. But supposedly, they were big-time advocates. Well, they were big-time advocates until they didn't get their paycheck anymore. Or until they couldn't make a profit anymore. And then what happens to them? They're gone. Right, they're gone. And that's why Captains for Clean Waters is really all we got. You know what I mean?
1: How sad is that that's the only one out. All of these freaking foundations and organizations. Because
0: it's the only one that's not asking for a check. You don't have to be like, you know, a monthly membership. Yep. They don't promise you anything. Think about that. The, I mean, you know what they're there for. Yeah. You know what they believe in. They don't promise you anything. No. You know what I mean? So that's exactly what I mean that it's all we got. These associations, they can all kiss my ass.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, cause there's so many of them and the, you know, foundations, associations and
1: organizations,
0: organizations, and they all ask for money from you. And you want to, you know, you want to give them the money because you, you know, you want to believe, you know, it's kind of like the, my argument with the FWC is you want to be friends with the FWC because you want to believe that the FWC actually cares about what you care about and if you haven't listened to the uh, some of the, the previous podcast about the truth in law enforcement the FBC FWC the FWC doesn't give two shits about the environment as a organization you may have certain FWC officers in the organization that actually care but they don't do anything about it I and mean, we went through this I mean they, they're there they want to check your registration they want to check your safety equipment they want to check everything but every year goes by there's more trash in the freaking water
1: more fish are getting
0: poached more fish are getting poached more boats are pumping oil into the water all this different stuff and the FWC is not there they're not helping it's not getting better it's getting worse I call it the fake wildlife and conservation. Now underneath that it says law enforcement, that's real. They will enforce all sorts of laws, especially when it comes to your safety equipment, registrations, boat trailers, anything like that. But anyway, that's another whole conversation. And um, I don't know, it's like almost shameless, you know what I mean? And these people disappear when their company disappears, whether they're working for a company or it's their company or whatever. But they're your best friends, they're fishermen, they're enthusiasts, they're your advocates right before they ask you to buy something.
1: Yep. And then once they realize that there's nothing else they can sell you or you're not interested in buying or donating anymore, they disappear.
0: They disappear or nothing happens. You know what I mean? Like nothing happens. I've been, it's the same shit. You know, so far we haven't seen that crazy ass red tide like we saw last year.
1: Thank the Lord. (laughs)
0: Right. And I'm just, you know, kind of like been on pins and needles. Like I wonder what's going to happen this year. I wonder what's going to happen this year.
1: But you know what I have seen though? What are you seeing? All that freaking seaweed on Dania beach. Ah, seaweed, seaweed. Man.
0: Yeah.
1: No, but before that, Jeff, I'm telling you, it wasn't there like that. Yeah. But
0: that's just, you know, natural phenomena. Yeah, I mean, the, the red tide shit that was happening last year. I mean, we've had red tides on the West Coast forever. The stuff that was happening last year it's down here, it was everywhere. But this sh- like, you know, piling up tons and tons of s- sea animals on the beach over there in Sarasota. And how many snook
1: how, about how many snook they lost up
0: there? Dude, It was tons and tons, hundreds and millions of tons of fish. That wasn't a regular red tide.
1: That's not natural
0: that wasn't a natural thing. I'm not positive of what actually happened. I got a feeling somebody in the government actually knows what happened
1: that's my but own they'll p- never say it
0: Of course they'll never say it um, that's a personal you know that's a personal opinion that's not fact. usually on this show we only do fact <laughs> so I can't prove that, but I'd be willing to believe did, did I ever tell you my theory on the whole thing you never have let's hear it. All right, so you got the fucked up water in Lake Okeechobee. I'm going to make it real simple. Mm -hmm. And some of that water is pretty bad, either stagnant, full of bad algae, bacteria, whatever it may be. Well, it was a few years ago, call it four years ago or three years ago. They pumped a ton of it out of the St. Lucie Inlet, up there by Stewart. And everybody freaked the fuck out. You know, there was dead fish. It was horrible water everywhere. And all up into Jupiter, you know, they could feel it, and it was pretty nasty, and they really made a big deal about it. People were crying, you know, at the top of their lungs about water quality. So the following year, I think they just simply sent more water out to the West Coast than they did on the East Coast because the people on the East Coast were crying so loud about it. So, they sent it out to the west, the side of the west coast through the Clusahatchee and coming out by Fort Myers and totally devastated that area. And that area couldn't take it as well as the east coast because the east coast, you got a deeper ocean and a Gulf Stream and a, little, and a lot more water. Where on the west coast, you got a lot more bay and estuary and shallow, shallow water, water. So, it couldn't absorb all that poison and bad water that they were pumping in there. And then it even got worse. And so far this year, it's raining like crazy. I haven't seen the algae here in Fort Lauderdale like we saw last summer.
1: No, and I, but I've also noticed, too, that it hasn't been like, obviously, like you and I both said, like today is like ridiculously hot. Right. But last year, it was like this, but we're talking for weeks. I've noticed that there were times where it got hot like this, and then the temperature went back down.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows, You know, you know, why it triggers and how it triggers and all that other stuff, but... All I can tell you is the stuff that we've been seeing has not been real natural. No. It's obviously getting pumped out of the, uh, you know, the lake or whatever. And there's just not enough water, you know, to clean clean that up. There's not enough plant life left. You know, that's another thing is, you know, everybody wants to get um, better water quality. And captains for clean waters are trying to redirect the water back to the Everglades and do what they're supposed to do. And we got this new uh, governor, DeSantis, that's supposed to be really an advocate and all that, which I'm not buying into. I've 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 listened to all these different senators and governors come and, you know, they're all going to save the Everglades. They're all going to save your <laughs> fishing environments and <laughs> habitats. That's true. You know, they're, and every year it goes by, it gets worse. Yep. Well, I don't care what side of the party, you know, or what side you're on, if you're a dem or a Republican or an independent or a liberal, whoever the fuck's been in there stinks and has not been doing a good job. And there's one common topic that is so blatant, everybody knows, but none of those people bring it up. And that's just simple overdevelopment. I mean, every year, more people move to Florida. More people move towards the coast.
1: South Florida.
0: Yeah, and everybody just thinks that That can just keep happening. And as long as that keeps happening, we're gonna have to keep developing. And the number one issue that I've seen in the state of Florida, and it is happening so fast on the West Coast right now, is overdevelopment. And nobody brings it up. Nobody wants to talk about it because it's not a winner. You are not going to be a successful politician without advocating huge growth. You know what I mean? And the reason is because there's a lot of dough behind huge growth. Yeah, there's tons of money to be made. Right. And the economies grow and the politicians get high off of it and they're able to make their deals and so on and so forth. It's pretty friggin' in depth. But nobody brings up, very simple, we are overdeveloping the state. We are overdeveloping our coastlines. We are pumping sewage in there. We are concreting and blocking estuaries. We are getting rid of sawgrass. We are not helping no all we're doing is developing and i think the captains for clean water guys will actually get something done and i think it will go in that direction and hopefully they'll start getting that part figured out i don't have a lot of faith though Stephen.
1: no i don't either and i gotta tell you and i spoke to you about this about two weeks ago i went kayak fishing down in west lake and now let me tell you my uncle fished that area in the 70s explain what west lake is so west lake is an area um in the hollywood Dania area if you guys aren't familiar with it it's it's been there forever and it's a um it's an area of mangrove swamps and and uh, brackish water estuaries and my uncle frank used to fish that back in the 70s and i mean he they used to catch you know 40 Forty-inch snooks, oh, geez. and I know, I know, they used to catch forty-inch snooks, twenty-pound jacks, everything in there. Right. And I told you about two weeks ago. I decided to take a kayak in there, and I just said, you know what? Let me grab my because the beach has been a mess. So I said, let me try back in the mangrove. So I brought my pole with me, headed out there, and I asked the guy at the front. I just said to him, I said, you guys have a lot of people that fish back in there? Yeah, once in a while. I said, they ever get anything good? No not really i said do you know if there's any like thing even in there anymore and a lot of mullet well at least there's mullet Well, at least there's mullet (laughs) i said but what about any kind of snook or anything like that not that i've seen or heard of i was like all right so i went out there jeff for four hours and i'm casting up and deep into those mangroves where those snooks should be hiding and i'm not even getting hit and the other thing i've also learned when it comes to freaking fishing in those areas you you got to use your ears as much as your eyes.
0: And you hear nothing.
1: I'm not hearing no blowups. You know
0: why? Why? Because there ain't shit in there.
1: There's nothing in there. Right. But Jeff, I want, you to, but I want you guys, and everybody listens, I want you guys to put this into perspective. The amount of ground that I covered in four hours, Westlake is a big freaking area. You know that, because I mean, you're familiar with the area. The fact that there's nothing left in there, that's a pretty scary thought. Does that surprise you? It doesn't, but what it should do is scare the hell out of everybody else, all that area. Dude, nobody cares, dude. I
0: know nobody cares, but they should. Nobody gives a shit. (sighs) Nobody cares. What they do care about is dredging that canal that's just a, I don't know, quarter mile north of there.
1: (laughs) That's right. So
0: those 200 footers can get in and out of there. Oh, they also cared about when they took, um, I don't know. A hundred percent of the intercoastal and made it a port and dredged it to fifty feet and seawall the side of it. That way they cared about that. Yeah. Oh, and then south of there, you have Highlandale, Aventura, all those places. When they developed those and made billions developing that area, oh, they cared then. But nobody cares about those mangroves. As a matter of fact, those are the only mangroves left. In all of
1: Broward County. And that's a Jeff, that, but the sad thing is, that's prime snook territory up in there. Was, Was prime snook territory. If you go up to the west coast, like Cockroach Bay, they got those same mangroves loaded with snook.
0: Yeah, but those mangroves go for miles north and south of that bay.
1: But now. You that, got
0: nothing north and south of no. this but ships, sewer lines, seawalls, houses. You know what I mean? So it doesn't, it shouldn't surprise you. It doesn't doesn't. surprise me.
1: It doesn't. But
0: But what surprises me is they are letting the west coast of Florida get like that. Every day. You go drive around the west coast of Florida and you go into these little towns. I say little because we live here in Fort Lauderdale. It's massive. But you go into these little towns and you see, you know, the houses and stuff being built. But what's already there are four lane roads. Like we don't even have four we don't even right, we, we don't, even don't have, have four, lane, four roads. lane roads. They have four lane roads and four lane intersections already put in because they know they are getting ready for the onslaught of people that are going to be moving in there. And every single mayor, district representative, just politician, congressman. I mean, all of them are in on that. They are all in on developing. They are all in on the overdevelopment. None of them are willing to call out any overdevelopment.
1: And it doesn't matter what side they're on. One of the things that drives me nuts, not to get all political, is when the people are saying, oh, vote for this person. This person will do this. Vote for this person. I'm like, it's all a facade. It's all crap. It's all BS. And if you don't believe us, take a look around. Take a good look around. I mean, but, but another thing, though, with going back to Westlake is overfishing and keeping too many fish. That's been getting, that's, that they've been letting people get away with that for years.
0: Dude, I mean, FWC is never going to catch the people that are actually poaching fish and doing the wrong thing. They might catch a guy occasionally at the boat ramp or whatever that thought he could get by or whatever. But the dudes that are actually doing it, they're not going to catch him because they don't care. If they cared, they would catch them. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll you tell can't you, just look at the ramp. But I'll tell you something, dude. Recreational fishermen can't even make a dent in real fish population if we had the environment that we're supposed to have that's not overdeveloped. The only reason fishermen can make an impact on it now is because we developed all the estuaries and stuff or most of the estuaries and stuff or the majority of it, or if we haven't developed around them, we will be developing. And therefore recreational fishermen might be put a dent in a fish population, but that's because we're dealing with a stagnant, you know, a stagnant ecosystem that's declining.
1: It's not thriving. It's not growing.
0: Right. It's declining fast. Every year. In the west coast of Florida, I just wish they would w- wake you- up. Right, wake up. From Palm Beach to Miami, we've totally destroyed the place. Thank God we got the Gulf Stream that constantly pumps nutrients and new fish into this area. But as far as inland goes, there's nothing inland anymore. No, there's there's not. a bunch of ghettos. We got some ghettos. We got a whole bunch of suburbs. We got a whole bunch of highways. 595, dude. When I was twenty years old, looked a lot like South Lake. It was mangroves and sawgrass all over around eighty four. Now it's just concrete, neighborhoods, and roads. All those places that you see those big roads, those big highways, five ninety five, all those, you know, with the junction areas and everything, that was all like estuary swampland, which is now concrete and roads. And I don't know the whole story, but this DeSantis guy who's going to help clean up the uh, water flowing into the Everglades and get the flow right, he's really cool with that. But he's also like some crazy giant highway someplace there north of Tampa that people are like freaking out about because of what? Overdevelopment. And trust me when I tell you, it's going to bite the West Coast in the ass. It's already biting the West Coast in the ass. And the people are sitting there like sheep waiting to get slaughtered. And it's plain and it's simple.
1: But the sad thing is a lot of people still don't care. Or they just don't want they just don't want to believe it's gonna happen. But let me
0: tell you They wanna believe that somebody's out there fighting for them. They wanna believe that somebody's taking care of it for them. Yeah. They wanna believe like this is going to change. But it's not. No. It's not. I mean, until we, you know, really make a conscious effort to slow down the development, or to develop in a different way, which is much more eco-friendly. And dude, I mean, I'm just a fishing guide. I got a half a dozen suggestions on how we can develop areas to make it more eco-friendly. I mean, I watched one of the last mangrove canals right downtown here get totally destroyed this year. There used to be mangroves in it. There's a place we used to go get bait, blah, blah, blah. You go in there now, it looks like it's friggin' a dead canal going into a prison. I mean it's just t- it's all concrete now. They could have they, they could have redid that canal. They could have planted new mangroves in there. They could have made, you know
1: There's no money in that.
0: No and it, <laughs> it's not it's even if there there probably is money in there, but people don't think that way. No. You know what I mean? And people don't care. Dude, that project had the city signed off on it. The state signed off on it. OSHA whatever. All these different bureaucracy signed off on this huge construction zone that totally destroyed a mangrove canal you know what I mean where the hell was CCA where the hell was the FWC officer the ones that actually give a shit about the environment and say, say hey, whoa, whoa 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 we can't just do that you know what I mean if, they, if that did go through their mind they didn't say nothing if they did say something it didn't go nowhere
1: they shut them down real quick
0: but what did happen is now we have another canal here in fort lauderdale that doesn't have an ounce of life in it maybe some life will swim in and out of there
1: but once in a blue moon
0: right <sighs> and then and it's just a, it's a friggin shame and it's over development yeah. and these bureaucracies don't give a shit they care about getting a paycheck they care about getting the pension you know what I mean? They care about, you know, providing for their families or whatever. But they don't care about the, 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 the environment. No. And even if they think they care, well, that's bullshit, too. Because you can think you care. You can say you care. But you don't care unless you actually do something on an everyday basis in order to, situ, you know, make the situation better.
1: Dude, it's the old saying, actions speak louder than words.
0: Absolutely actions speak louder than words. Words. But anyway, all the companies out there that are my best friend and they want to get in my back pocket and want to talk about how great the fishing is and how they're into everything that I'm into, thank you. But no, I don't want to buy your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's Stephen Busaka's is Captain Jeff. Remember, I'm not kidding when I tell you, Captains for Clean Waters is all we got. Maybe we'll get some more going down. You know here in the future we'll get some more real advocates um i think there's a for profit or they say non-profit or whatever but i think there's actually a real company um that does waterway cleanups you know that four oceans thing
1: i've heard of them yeah
0: and they're actually doing something they're getting the waterways cleaned up and it's a great organization but that is not government no those are guys that actually give a shit, kind of like the captains for clean waters and have made an organization that actually cleans up the water. So I'm an advocate for them, and I'm an advocate for captains for clean waters. Everybody else can kiss my ass,
1: dude. But you know what's you know what's sad though with that four ocean, if people actually had the sense to think, you know, maybe I shouldn't throw this in the water. We wouldn't even need that. You know what I mean? It's like the fact that we that people. It's dude. It's 2019, uh, and people are still well, leaving shit in the water.
0: Uh, this, I'm like. Well, this is what I mean. It's all fake. Like all these like super liberal people that are all crying and are so concerned about the environment and they're the ones that are going to turn the world around and everybody else is evil and blah, blah, blah. All right, dudes, go out there and start cleaning up the frigging canal system. I don't see them.
1: Hey, did I ever tell you one t- I never told you this. I ran into a guy that was running for office on Dania Beach. I'm not going to say his name, but... I'm walking out there. And I told you, when I, when I fish the beach, I'm picking up trash as I go along. And this guy's out there walking around. And he goes, yeah, you know, I'm running for office. And basically, you know, he's just trying to get me to vote for him. You know, and I get that. You know, and then he, and I'm saying, uh, you know, so what, what, what are you going to do about all this? All this trash? He goes, yeah, it's pretty sad that it's all out here. He goes, yeah, I really want to do something to freaking try to clean this up. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, dude. You're just talking about it, but guess what? Here I am actually doing it. Why don't you freaking actually do something?
0: Yeah, well, that, yeah, it's a government official. You know, they're all full of crap. But the, the philosophy itself, you know, you, you hear about all these people that are out there that want to save the world, all these super green people. Well, I'm out there fishing every fucking day. How many of them do I see out there cleaning the place up? Zero. Zero. The people that are getting paid to watch the environment how much do you see them cleaning up or even give a shit about zero
1: look at the people that are supposed to be taking out the trash at the <laughs> beaches <laughs> jeff you know how many times i see those trashes overflowing
0: but all that's what i mean is the philosophy behind it is all fake it's
1: bs they're not
0: doing anything
1: about and they it. they don't care and they well some of a lot of them say they do
0: they say they care but they're not willing to spend their own time energy no. To do it. The Four Oceans people, I mean, dude, there could be a hundred companies like that.
1: Right? Yeah. How many do we have? One. One. And it's new. Well, how about, you know, like, because I remember you and I both participated in the Broward County Waterway cleanup at the beginning of the year. Right. They should be doing that at least every month. Well, put it this way. And
0: you know, the, the issues I've been having with the Florida wildlife here in Biscayne Bay lately, I've gotten checked over 20 times. In the last three months by
1: FWC. But what are they checking for?
0: Well, they're checking for safety equipment and registrations and all that crap. None of those guys have ever said, hey, do you know there's a waterway cleanup happening this weekend? Or gave me any type of information on how I could participate, on how I could help clean the environment or help the environment or or conservation out there. Never. Nothing. 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 Anyway, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Cap- that, but I just want to emphasize, that's all we got as captains for clean waters. And thank God we got somebody like them, because maybe that's the start of more real organizations that actually have real people in them that actually care and are actually going to try to do something. I mean, picking up trash in the waterway, I loved, I loved it that day that I went out there with Mitchell and I saw all those people doing that.
1: So a lot of people participated. But that was, that was new. Let's that should have been happening years ago. Well, I mean. Well, I mean, obviously it's worse now than it's ever been. But. I mean,
0: in the plastic, you know, I mean, that, that's an international thing. You know, these other countries are dumping the plastic in there. Yeah, but no, it was it's just, just good those. to see people that actually said they cared out there doing something about it. But even so, that's a tiny, tiny, tiny number amount. of people.
1: But you know what I noticed, too, Jeff? The funny thing is the majority of people that I saw out there because you and I I remember I was at you were at a different um a different uh station than we were. The majority of people, they're fishermen. They're yeah. like you and me. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And yet we're the ones that get checked the most. Oh, yeah, and scrutinized the most. But meanwhile, we're out there actually cleaning the waterways. Dude, I wish
0: I wish you were at the uh fishing club meeting that i spoke at the other day the sob club i didn't even know you were there remember you forgot to tell me (laughs) i didn't forget to tell you i just i just i had some time to do it that i didn't really think i had time so i jumped out okay and went and did it and then i really didn't want that speech or the what i was saying to get recorded and put out there because i didn't want to like offend anybody in the fwc and all that but i told the guys at the sob club i says yeah you know i'm more than happy to come in there and talk I said, but I'm going to talk about things that are important that are relevant. I'm tired of talking about how I'm going to make everybody an expert inshore fisherman. So I talked about the FWC and what's really happening out there. And um, they were very receptive. They liked it. And um, you know my, my little angle on the whole thing, what Captains for Clean Waters is doing is a big project. Call that the marathon. But I think a simple readjustment and the relationship between guides and fishermen's and the FWC is more of a sprint, something that we can make happen immediately. Yeah. Like there's no reason in the world that the top guides here in Biscayne Bay should not have a great relationship with the top dudes in the FWC.
1: they should be like this
0: right we should be one we should be tight we should talk to each other we should know what the other guy is doing or not doing have each other's phone numbers have each other's phone numbers right maybe be on the same social media platforms and they could be a part of ours and we could be a part of theirs you know that kind of relationship and that's something that we can do now we don't need the governor We don't need a whole bunch of laws to be passed. We don't need all this time. All we need is a fundamental change in the relationship between not all fishermen, because not all fishermen follow the rules. It's true. Not all fishermen, because not all fishermen have the leverage like fishing guides have. Like I fish 200 days a year. Most people fish 200 days in a lifetime. So the guys that are fishing 200 days a year should have a relationship with the guys that are supposedly looking out for the wildlife and conservation 200 days a year. We have the same arena. We are the same mission, the same goal, the same reasons for being out there supposedly. And we could change the fundamental relationship between the FWC and the fishermen in one year. With no laws being passed, with simple open communication with people being on the same page.
1: Dude, it would take less than a year.
0: It would. It would. Honestly. I mean, I mean, if the FWC wanted to do it and actually tried, it would take we could do it in a month. Seriously. We could do Biscayne Bay in a in a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, you guys, thanks for listening to the Real Guy podcast. That's Stephen Busaka over there, The Shepherd. The millennial in the group, the guy that went out on the flats for his first time and did some sight casting.
1: Hey, and you know what I'm working towards? You know, I'm known as the shepherd. I'm still not giving up on that bonefish. My new goal is to change from the shepherd to bonefish busaka. That's what I'm shooting for. Well, good luck with that.
0: You keep going out with Carl Ball. I think it'll happen pretty quickly. I think it will. I think it will. Anyway, thanks for coming in, Steve. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Guy podcast. And you guys remember, Jeff at LunkerDog.com. If you like the podcast, tell me why you like it. If you don't like it, tell me why you don't like it. I'm a big boy. I can handle both sides of the spectrum. Thanks for tuning in and run that dog.